Well, this morning, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, and that is I'm not going to preach a sermon. In the spirit of the book of Acts, whenever someone was sent out from a church, the church in Antioch, for example, and would uh, go on some kind of mission trip uh, to uh, build the church, plant the church, share the gospel, uh, they would come back days later, weeks later, years later, and uh, give a report to the church. And uh, from time to time, you see these uh, little vignettes in the book of Acts where uh, Paul would come back, Peter would come back, um, and give a report about what the Lord had done through them, what the Lord was doing out there uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in not just Jerusalem, but Judea, Samaria, in the uttermost part of the earth. And uh, it says that the people would rejoice, the church would glorify God. And so I think there is an appropriate time and place to not preach, but just give a report. And hopefully God will use that report to cause a rejoicing to occur in a church and a, and a glorifying of God and, and just a, a gratitude that we, uh, by God's grace, can be part of advancing His kingdom around this world. And so, um, as you know, I just got back from Uganda, and I have um, the privilege of giving, uh, giving you greetings from the Hurley family, uh, Danielle and uh, Shannon Hurley, uh, two of our uh, missionaries that we support, uh, and also bring greetings from the pastors in Uganda. And uh, the reason why I went was to help Shannon teach at a conference. He uh, has a conference ministry there that the Lord has really just opened up an amazing door of opportunity in the BUU, which is the Baptist Union of Uganda. And this is basically all of the conservative Baptist churches. There's an organization uh, that, that covers all the churches all over the, the, the country of Uganda, which just to kind of put in perspective is the size of the state of Oregon. So you kind of get a feel for, you know, this big continent of Africa. Well, you got a little country the size of Oregon smack dab in the middle of it. They call it the, the Pearl of Africa. At least Winston Churchill uh, coined that expression, called it the Pearl of, of Africa because of how beautiful it is in comparison to the, the rest of the kind of the desolate, dry, barren uh, part of Africa and uh, lots of wildlife and mountains and trees and um, just kind of a different topography than the rest of the continent. But uh, in, in this pearl of Africa, God has opened up a door for Shannon basically to, to uh, lead uh, the churches, the Baptist church in Uganda. They're asking him to come in. The leaders of the churches have asked him to come and, and to help them uh, to think biblically about the church and to equip and, and strengthen and empower the pastors um, so that the, the churches, uh, the Baptist churches across Uganda can, uh, can be strengthened. And, um, and, and uh, become all that God wants them to be. And so he's divided the region up, uh, or he's divided up the whole country into different regions. And uh, he has a conference four times a year. I think there's four or five different regions. And he just kind of breaks them up and invites a guy from America to come and uh, co-teach with him uh, during a week-long uh, conference. And uh, he's done, uh, this is the fourth year that he's been doing these conferences. He did the first one about the highly exalted God. That was the first one I had a chance to go on five years ago. Uh, and then he did um, uh, the, the, the Sufficiency of Scripture, and then he did one called The Glorious Gospel, and now this year's was called The Invaluable Church. He's talking about the importance of the church. Next year, he's going to talk about the role of a pastor, 
And then uh, in two years, he's going to talk about the, the, the priority of preaching. And so he's really trying to hit the, the main uh, features, right, of a, of a pastor and a church and what they, how we should be thinking about how the church uh, functions. And so uh, it's really been a, a joy and, and, and a blessing to be a part of what God is doing there in this country that, that really Shannon has an opportunity to put, his, to put his imprint, a biblical imprint, or make a biblical impression uh, across the nation. Very unique opportunity. And so uh, we are very well invested there as a church, uh, in not only in the Hurley family, but uh, also in SOS ministry, Sufficiency of Scripture ministry that puts on these conferences. And just so you know, I think you're aware of this, uh, the way that we're invested is, first of all, prayerfully, obviously, we pray uh, for the Hurleys and uh, their ministry there, but we're also um, uh, invested financially. And uh, as elders, we've determined that uh, every year uh, we take about $10,000 out of our mission budget and we send it to Uganda to put on one of these conferences. And so basically, we sponsored uh, over 100 pastors this last week uh, from the western region of the the country of Uganda uh, to go to this conference about the invaluable church. And uh, basically, you can imagine in a country like uh, Uganda, it's uh, an impoverished country by and large, and uh, kind of a third world setting that most pastors couldn't afford to go to a conference, let alone uh, get paid, they don't get paid a salary from their church. They're bivocational. Uh, their churches are small and, and, and not affluent enough to support them. And so they don't get paid uh, much, if anything, for being a pastor. They have to work uh, and to support their family, and then they kind of pastor in their spare time. But it's not their spare time. It's their passion. And so they live, live a very challenging life trying to balance all that out. And so for them to go to a conference and travel five, ten hours to get to somewhere uh, it requires you know, expenses that they, don't, they can't afford. And so Shannon su- supplements that and provides them uh, a means to get there oftentimes and then pays for all the food and the lodging and everything. And uh, at the end of the day, these guys end up spending maybe 20 bucks uh, if uh, American dollars to come to this conference uh, that we're able to uh, basically supplement uh, as a church. And it's such a joy to, to, to be there and to see God's money through us in action. And uh, so when Shannon introduced me, he said, hey, this is, uh, this is the pastor from America, and, and his church uh, paid for this conference. And they just erupted in applause and cheered and whooped and hollered. And, and uh, it was just a, a, so fun to be able to represent you at this conference and uh, to tell them to get up and just introduce myself and say, listen, I represent a church back in the America that is committed uh, to equipping and training you guys to be all that God wants you to be so that the church in Uganda will be all that God wants it to be so you can reach, this nation will be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if he's going to reach Uganda, he's going to do it through the church, right? That's, that's the means that God has ordained is the local church. And so that's why we're putting our, you know, you get a big bang out of your buck when you invest in the local church and you invest in pastors. And so um, anyway, they were uh, wanting me to communicate uh, with you uh, how grateful they were uh, for not only sending that money, but also sending me, um, sending one of your pastors. And trust me, being without your pastor for a Sunday or two or a Wednesday night from time to time is no sacrifice at all when you consider the investment that we're making over there uh, to be able to pour uh, basically uh, you know, four days of truth into these men's hearts, and they sit on the edge of their seat, and they're so hungry and teachable, and, and, and basically, I'm just teaching them things that 
I've already taught here. I mean, I'm so grateful that, that when Shannon said, hey, I'd like you to come and help teach on the church, I just immediately thought, well, I, I don't have time to prepare f- new messages for this, this conference. So I, for, the first thing I thought of was, okay, I taught through Ephesians. I've taught through the pastoral epistles, First and Second Timothy, Titus. I've taught through the book of Acts. Surely I'm going to find enough messages from those series to go teach on the church. And so that's what Shannon said. At the end, it was really cool. He said, hey, guys, you just need to know, Ken didn't prepare these sermons just for this conference. These are sermons that he just pulled from, um, you know, basically 14 years of just faithfully teaching through the Word of God and teaching his church how to be the church. And, uh, and so, I mean, that's really, it's, it's what we did over there is a product of this right here. And it's one church, right, helping another church or a group of churches, um, kind of like the church in Antioch, right, sent out their men and their resources uh, to, to establish churches uh, all over the known world. And so uh, they wanted me to express uh, their gratitude, their thanks um, to, to you personally uh, this morning. And so what I thought I could do just to begin is show you some pictures that, that might um, kind of bring you in on the experience that I had and, and kind of show you kind of what uh, things were like. And I'll just talk through these pictures. And then I'm going to just share some thoughts that I had um, as I was reflecting and processing all this that I experienced this last week. Um, but uh, when I went there five years ago, uh, all there was was this gate and, uh, and a house. And uh, the Hurleys had set up shop there in this village of Luero and, uh, and decided they were going to live in a, in a very remote community, not in Kampala, the capital, where things might be a little more easy. But they decided that they'd go to a remote area in the central part of Uganda where they could reach out to all these different regions when it came time to travel. But they wanted to invest first and foremost in their, in their community. And so uh, one of the things they wanted to do was to plant a church in, in, that, uh, in that community, the community of Luero. And if you remember, uh, just... A year ago, as we were uh, appealing to you to raise money uh, for our building expansion here, uh, Shannon had asked our church, along with some other churches, to help them uh, erect a church building, which uh, for them to raise enough money as Ugandans to, to build a building like this, uh, it probably wouldn't happen for 25, 30 years. And so where we as, uh, uh, you know, affluent Americans, you know, we were able to send par- a portion of our building fund. We felt that we'd just honor the Lord, right? Hey, let's just put off what we're doing here a little bit to help this thing. I mean, for 10000 bucks, we can get a, you know, with some other churches, get a church built. And there it is. That's their new church building. And it was so fun to walk from the Hurley's house uh, to church on Sunday and uh, to fellowship with this body uh, of believers that God is uh, developing and building here in this community. And so uh, go to the next slide. There's some of the kids out front. And uh, the church has really become the, the hub of the community. Isn't that the way it should be? And so everybody comes out of the woodworks. Like you, 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 you drive down these roads and you wouldn't think anybody lived anywhere close to the Hurleys because they kind of live off into the woods. But it's like they just come out of the woodwork on Sunday morning. They have some, somewhere 300 or so people coming to the church now. And uh, little kids, uh, you know, f- to adults. And, and so here's some of the kids out front. Here's Shannon, of course, on the left. And then on his right, uh, on the other side, is the other Mzungu, as they call the white man, right? Um, and uh, so he's, uh, his name is uh, Damon Cup, And uh, he's uh, just a great administrator, a great kind of mechanical guy. He does a lot of the, um, 
uh, taking care of the facilities and the land and things like that. But he also has an education in, or a background in education. And so he's helping with the Legacy Christian Academy. They got a, a kindergarten and a first grade. So they're, they're, they're developing an elementary school there for the children who really don't go to school. And so they're providing uh, an education. And this guy in the middle, his name is Sam, and he's a, a relatively new believer and uh, just a great guy, loves the Lord, great personality. You can see by that smile. And uh, he's, uh, he comes alongside Shannon and, and uh, Damon and helps run the school, helps train the teachers. And so the Sunday I was there, it was kind of cool. Um, they were coming off Christmas break, and so all the teachers were back uh, to start the, for teacher training that next week and all these new teachers. And so they brought them up at the end uh, of the service and they had them all lined up and they introduced themselves. And then Shannon asked me to pray for these teachers who are going to be teaching all these elementary school kids this next semester. So that was really, really a joy. Here's the inside of the church. And uh, Shannon's up there giving greetings at the beginning. And, and uh, again, just, just all sorts of uh, amazing uh, people uh, flowing into that building and and uh, it was neat to have uh, Danielle leading the worship. You guys know how gifted she is. We, we gave her C- CD away just a few weeks ago, but she leads the worship there with her keyboard, definitely a little more funky style there, you know, with the Ugandan back as culture, and they've got the, the bongos going on, and, and uh, they're all dancing and, and, and jumping around and doing their thing. And, and uh, I don't know what it is about the African culture, but God has really just blessed them uh, with um, just very keen musical ability. In fact, I told the guys whenever they sang that it made me think of my wife because Kelly loves to listen to uh, the African culture just harmonize, and they just do it naturally. It's like nobody trained them to do it. They just start singing, and the next thing you know, they're doing all these harmonies, and, and it sounds awesome. It's like, it's like everybody in the whole church knows how to sing, you know? And uh, it's just really fun to watch them and, and listen to them and worship with them. So uh, next slide, we'll see what we got here. This is the, everybody kind of, filing out of the church and going back home, and, and that's the little guard shack they built at the front of the facility. Um, but it was just amazing just to see all these families, these you know moms and dads and little kids uh, just filing out and going back home after church on Sunday. Um, now, after we spent uh, just a couple of days with the Hurleys uh, in their home and, and with the Cups, uh, we headed out for the conference, which was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And what Shannon does is, again, he, uh, he rents a, a school. This is one of the kind of the, the boarding schools. That's how they do the education there in Uganda. And these kids go uh, to these boarding schools for the semester. They have little bunk rooms, and, and, uh, and they live there, and they go to class. And so he'll rent one of these uh, things out. Again, this is what, part of what we pay for, for him to rent a facility like this. And he said, this is one of the nicer ones, and I would, I would say amen, because <laughs> compared to uh, the, the first time I went, this was like the, you know, the Hilton Hotel, okay, compared to, you know, the last time I was, uh, you know, scared to go into the bathroom, because it was like this little mud hut thing that had never been cleaned in its lifetime, and, and you have to, there was no electricity, so you literally had to wear a flashlight on your head, like a miner's light, to go in there to use the bathroom, so I decided I wouldn't go to the bathroom for a week, and... Uh, <laughs> That's interesting, and um, but and then the shower. There was no showers, and so you had to take a take a bucket with some water and go behind some bamboo wall and just kind of give yourself a bath. And it was just very awkward and not very fun. So this place, this place was high end. Okay, this they actually had, you know, a bathroom you could walk into and feel relatively okay, and uh, and they actually had showers. It was just a pipe um, with holes cut in it, but at least you know. It was actually a shower. It's cold, but it was a shower. Um, 
This is a sign uh, in front of the church, the inva- or in front of the school, the invaluable church, seeing the church from God's perspective, and he, he makes sure he lets people know that it's the SOS ministry in partnership with the Baptist Union of Uganda. So it's a really neat relationship that God's developed. And I tell you what, God has really endeared uh, Shannon to these men. I mean, he, these men show up, they get out of a taxi, they get off their bike, they come walking in from whoever knows how long they walked, and, and there's just, they're just hugging on Shannon's neck. And they're, 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 they love this guy, and they appreciate this guy for the investment that he's making in their lives and in their churches. It's really cool, just in five years' time, just because when I went there, he was just, he was just, this was just getting started, and they were still, they were sizing him up. They weren't sure what, how to, what, to, how, how, uh, what to make of this, this crazy Mzungu guy that was in their face about, you know, they were basically doing it wrong, and this is what the Bible says, how to do it right. But in five years, they just love him. And it's very cool. They're very open uh, to, to his love and um, his, his instruction. This is kind of where we slept here and just kind of a little bunk bed situation, kind of makeshift closet there, and you just kind of make do. And, and uh, uh, so Shannon and I had a lot of good conversations laying there in the bunks uh, early in the morning after everybody went off to their, have their quiet time because they came and rang the bell about 6 o'clock and, and rustled all the Ugandan pastors out of bed for their devotions at 6.30 and uh, the first year I was there, the first time Shannon had me doing one of those devotions, which was like, dude, come on, you're killing me, man. We've got to wake up early at 6.30, do these devotions, then we're teaching all day. So it was kind of nice. Shannon and I slept in, right? We were awake because the bell woke us up, but uh, we were hanging out and talking, and it was really, we had some sweet times of fellowship. Here's the facilities there, a couple, uh, couple bathrooms, uh, a couple showers in those doors. Next thing, uh, next slide there, and yes. Whoever invented the toilet seat, um, bless him, okay? <laughs> because, uh, you know, that's, this is a, one of my least favorite things about traveling overseas is just the hygiene of everything and, and just, um, you know, um, what was I going to say? How can I say this in a tactful way? Um, anyway, it's, it's hard not to start counting down the times you're going to have to use the restroom. You know, you're like, okay, that's one less time I'm going to have to do that. Maybe I can make it three more times and then, and then I don't have to ever do that again. You know, so you start like of trying to avoid that as much as possible. You say, maybe if I don't eat, then I won't have to go in there. So you start playing all these mind games, you know. So anyway, that's just the joys of overseas, right? Um, they don't have kitchens, uh, stoves and things like that. So this is what they do all their cooking. This was uh, how they cooked all the food for the conference outside. Just, you know, you're camping is basically what you're doing. And uh, you see some ladies in the background there. Next slide, there they are, some uh, older ladies, just sweet uh, servants. And Shannon hires them for every conference. He, he goes and picks them up and takes them with him. And these are his cooks. And they spent the majority of their day doing just that, peeling bananas. That's a mainstay of what they eat over there. Everywhere you turn, there's like a banana tree. There's a banana truck. There's bananas. Uh, they call it matoki. And so they were uh, peeling those things, and that, that, that was something we ate every meal, uh, was matoki. And uh, this is the dining hall. This is the pastors coming in, getting something to eat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner in here, and enjoying some good time of fellowship, going through the, the chow line, if you will. Um, and then there's a picture of some food. There's a plate right there. That's pretty much what we ate every, every uh, uh, that's what they ate, okay? I brought some granola bars, and I stuck with that. Um, <laughs> But this is what they ate pretty much every lunch and dinner. Same thing right there. So the white stuff is kind of a maize, a corn, uh, kind of like a potato texture and taste. And then you've got some, uh, that yellow is the matoki, the, the basically fried mashed up uh, bananas. 
and then you've got some cabbage or coleslaw over there, and you've got some baked beans kind of thing underneath it all, and then that little purple special something-something on the top is uh, some kind of peanut sauce, and you're like, okay, how does it all fit with this? But uh, So anyway, I mean, that was a big old, I mean, I, I did it one time. I ate one of those one time. I was like, ah, I cannot do that again. That is just like a big old plate of, I don't know what I ate, but it was just kind of like a, 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 an anchor in your stomach, you know? Well, this is a picture of uh, one of the young boys. Uh, his name is John. And uh, the reason why I took his picture, he kind of endeared himself to me uh, this, this week because he's one of the boys that lives in the, the village of Luero and not sure about his parents, but he hangs around the Hurley's house. And so they've just kind of taken him under their wing. And this is one of uh, the, the boys that Shannon serves as a spiritual daddy to. And I, I lost track of the guys that he's pouring his life into. And this was just one of them. And, and so he came along for the conference and he helped out as best he could. And he went to the meetings. And, and, uh, but the thing that stuck out to me about this little guy is he has, one of his legs um, was uh, basically from the knee down, swollen like twice its size normal leg. And so he would just kind of hobble around and kind of limp along and he couldn't play soccer like the rest of the boys and kind of be involved as, as the rest. He just kind of made his, kind of just made his way around slowly, uh, limping away. And he has some vascular problem that probably in America could be easily fixed, but that's just not an option, you know, in, in uh, Uganda. He doesn't have that medical care. And so, but does it, does it look like he, he cares? It doesn't matter to him. He's just a happy kid sauce starts, I guess, or whatever they call it, the nut sauce. Just get those suckers out on the sidewalk and spread them out, walk on them, keep the birds from eating them, you know, and, uh, and then make it into a sauce. So it's like, you know, next time, ladies, if you're looking for a place to dry out some stuff, just put it out in your driveway, you know, <laughs> run over it with the car a few times and they'll be ready to go. So this is uh, every afternoon, uh, they played soccer and, uh, or football is what they call it there in Uganda. Of course, that is the the national sport, they, they live for football, everybody plays football, and uh, so, I mean, if you're going to, when in Uganda, you know, I do as the Ugandans do, so I got out there uh, playing with guys half my age, and, and I paid for it, man, I was so sore, <laughs> I hadn't run that much in like years, and, and uh, the second day, I didn't think I was going to even go out and play, but I thought, I'm either going to sit here on my bunk thinking about how sore I am, I'm going to go out there and just work it out, you know, so we went out there for a couple of days, had a lot of fun, and of course, that endears you to the people, right? When they see you out there having fun, kicking the ball around, letting them knock you over, you knocking them over, you know, it's just a, a bonding time, and we had a good time at the, at the end of the first game. The first day, it was all over, and we won. Our team won, and the, the opposite team came out and, and said to me, Mazungu, Mazungu, like as if I had done something great, and I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't really that good. Um, next slide here. Um, by the way, I told you, <laughs> the guys... They, they come, some of them come with basically one outfit. I mean, that's all they got. And so it's soccer time. And if they got this on, this is what they brought to the conference, this is what they play in. And literally, there's guys out there playing in suits. And I mean, they, for, for being a poorer culture, they do try to dress nice. And while their clothes are d- kind of dirty, you know, and, and, and not as clean um, because they just keep wearing them over and over again. They do try to look sharp and l- look the role of a pastor, but they didn't care. They just go out and play soccer and then go, you know, take a, a you know, sponge bath or whatever and then put that outfit right back on again and come to the meeting. You know, I'll get to that. That, that would drive me absolutely nuts, okay? <laughs> it's one of the idols of my heart is cleanliness. And, and uh, anyway, here's uh, Shannon. Shannon uh, is talking. This is the meeting room where the guys would come and they would sit all day, literally. 
um, you know, all morning and then take a, uh, all afternoon and then they'd take a break to play some soccer and then they'd come back at night. And uh, so what would happen, Shannon would teach us a message and I would teach a message, but you notice there's a translator there. And so uh, while the main language is English, um, not many of these pastors have been educated. And so they don't know English. And so uh, they need to be, we need to translate. And so there's the main translator who was teaching, uh, translating mainly in Swahili for this particular region. Um, and, uh, and then there was another guy over here uh, translating for some other dialect. And then there was another guy over here translating in another dialect. And there was some guy back here sitting next to his buddy, kind of whispering in his ear the whole time. And so it was very distracting. It's like, so you, you preach, you like say, you, you say a sentence and then this guy translates and you're hearing this guy doing it simultaneously translating all over the place. And you're like, okay, you're ready to, you're trying to wait when you jump back in again. You know, it's, it's just a really crazy dynamic of preaching. And I appreciate you guys praying for me. Um, about that because it kind of throws me off and I never feel I can get into any, any kind of rhythm, at least when I'm used to, you know, just preaching in one language. But it worked out really great. It really did. And there were some really good interpreters that really worked well. We worked well together. And in fact, I would say something that would take me maybe 20 seconds to say and then they were two minutes later letting me talk again because they were like going off and preaching whatever it was, the point, uh, in their Ugandan language. And it was hilarious to the point where Shannon had to tell them, hey, Ken's preaching, not you, okay? You, but but it, was, it was fun to see them uh, take what I was saying and kind of adapt it to, to the people and make them laugh and, 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 and use illustrations, I'm sure, that they understood that I would have never known. Um, but I really appreciate you guys praying because there just seemed like, a, like Paul said in First Thessalonians, just to, to seem the word was going out with, with, with power and with conviction and, and really the people, guys were very responsive uh, to the teaching and it was very, very encouraging, and so um, chaotic, but encouraging. <laughs> it's just a totally different dynamic. And here's uh, Shannon and I at the end of the conference, and, you know, Shannon's funny. Every time we get together, he, he reminds me that, that I was his professor in college, and uh, I just, I always forget that, and he, he always likes to introduce me that way, that, yeah, he was my teacher in college, and so when I was the youth pastor in California for a while, I, I also had the privilege of being uh, a professor at the master's college where I taught the youth ministry classes and um, got to go over to the, to the school once a week and, and do an afternoon class. And so oftentimes the students would, you know, looking for an easy, an easy few credits, they'd sign up for youth ministry class thinking, oh, how, how hard could that be, right? I'm just going to sign up for that class. And so I'd get some, you know, all sorts of people in this youth ministry class. And so I'll never forget the, the, the day I met Shannon Hurley. And uh, he, he kind of came flying into the class a, a few minutes late kind of in this flurry of activity and sat down and, and uh, you know, just, you could just tell he was just, you know, energy all over the place, you know, and, uh, you know, so we got to know each other and, and I could tell, you know, he was just kind of maybe, you know, trying to get some easy units out of this class and, and uh, tr- you know, just get, doing enough to get by, right? And so it got to the point in the class uh, in the semester when I had all of them preach. I wanted all of them to preach and get an experience, you know, and help them you know, uh, you know, hone their giftedness as speakers and things like that. And so I remember most of the, the, the students in the class really had never done it before, and you could tell. They were struggling, and it wasn't really that good. And just like I remember my first sermon, I'm embarrassed to even watch the video today. <laughs> it was horrific. But um, anyway, so Shannon gets up. It's his turn. It's his day. He gets up. And I'll, I'll never forget how, how um, uh, gifted he was as a communicator. He was, just, he was just a natural. And he was up there. He was comfortable, and he was just talking and uh, he wasn't saying a whole lot um, about the text. 
I could tell he didn't really study. He just kind of was winging it. It was obvious he was winging it, but it was good. And so I pulled him aside after class. I said, hey, listen, buddy, you're going to have to really guard against just relying on your own ability because I can tell you really didn't put a whole lot of time into studying that text and, and, and teaching that. But if you can learn, like, to study the text, right, and wed that with your natural giftedness, you know, God can really use you. And, and by God's grace, he's become that guy. I mean, he really, you know, studies hard and he does his homework and uh, God is using him uh, to communicate uh, God's word uh, in, in this, to these pastors. And again, they love him for it. So it was really a joy just to, to be with Shannon and, and, uh, and catch up with him and talk with him and challenge and sharpen one another as we were, as we were there. But as I was just trying to process um, everything, you know, it's just, it's like sensory overload when you're in a country like Uganda. And, and I was just trying to think my way through it all and pray my way through it all and, and um, just wrestle in my heart with all the just myriad of emotions and feelings and thoughts I was having. And so when I got to Amsterdam, kind of midway on my flight back home, I took some time just to sit down in the airport and I grabbed the little booklet that Shannon had printed, The Invaluable Church. And uh, this was where the guys took notes and and uh, had, had their devotions in the back that Shannon had written. And I thought, I'm just going to take a blank page and just, just write down some thoughts. Just, just, what do I think about all this? Because this is like, <laughs> this really messes with my heart, this whole thing. And so um, it, it's like this uh, love-hate thing going on the whole time I'm there. And, and, and uh, you know, being completely, absolutely, 100% blessed by the whole experience. And the whole time being challenged by the whole experience. And so I just wrote down six things here that uh, just thoughts that came to my mind, just kind of, and I wanted to share them quickly with you. First of all, I was encouraged, I was blessed by the Hurleys um, and how God is working in them and through them uh, in their community, uh, mainly in their community. I mean, yes, given the whole conference ministry is, is just really unbelievable, it's really cool, but I was more impressed with what, what was going on in their home, uh, in their marriage, in their, in their family, and amidst the local community. And for being a very stressful place to live, it's not an easy place to live, uh, and it would be very easy to take your stress and frustration out on one another as a couple, uh, it just was really a joy to watch the sweetness of their relationship, the kindness with which they talked to one another, the way they served one another and were deferring to one another, and, and, and just really um, just being a good team. And uh, I, I was very encouraged, and I commended Shannon just for the, the, the thoughtful, kind way um, he was dealing with his wife. I mean, just for example, I mean, she's, Shannon, uh, Shannon was right. He called his wife a legend because, I mean, this is, I'm sitting in the kitchen with her and, and, and she's getting dinner ready. And I'm like, so how many are you cooking for tonight? She said, I don't know. Now, come on, ladies, that would freak you out, okay? Because in America, you got you to know, I want to know exactly who's coming, how many place settings do I have, right? And I said, how many guys? She goes, I don't know. She says, I pretty much know my family's going to be here. And then I take a, a quick head count of who's running around my living room at the time. And, and, I just, and then I plan for a few more. And so they never know who's going to show up for any of the meals. And, uh, but she's joyfully, you know, making the food. And, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, just was so blessed just to see them. And then even Shannon being sensitive to that and, and helping her and comforting her if she didn't have enough whatever for somebody. And and uh, it just was really sweet. And then the kids, I mean, the kids just, uh, man, they're such a sweet uh, family and, and really had fun with their kids, their children this time, interacting with them. And, and they're just really well-adjusted kids. Uh, they've, they've, they've bought into the vision of their mom and dad 
Um, they love Africa. They love serving. They're very um, kind and gracious kids. I mean, sure, they have their moments, but they all have their own little African friends from the community that they're trying to disciple and, and, and share the gospel with and bring to Christ. And it's just really cool to see this family, that they're all working together as a, as a team and, and, and just a pleasure um, to, to be around their kids and, and really, um, you know, wondering, are they not the blessed ones to be able to raise their kids in that culture where they don't have to fight against all the distractions of the world, um, where you actually just, you wake up and you go outside and play. What a novel thought. You go outside and play. You know, instead of sitting in front of the TV or the video games or all the things that distract us here in, in America. And so it was just really a blessing um, to watch. And, and, uh, and then, then just their home is, is just this beehive of activity. It's, it's, a, it's a, a model of hospitality. And um, uh, just, you know, I, I guess I was just thinking about the, the verse that, that came to my mind uh, is what Paul, how Paul described his ministry in Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, he says, But we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children, having so fond of affection for you that we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave towards you believers, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. I mean, Shannon epitomizes that verse. He incarnates that verse. I mean, they, they went, plopped down in this community, and again, I lost track of, of the people that he was investing in. And all these, these particularly young men, um, that he's the, kind of their spiritual daddy. Because their dad, they don't even, they've never met their dad. Or their dad's abandoned them. Or dad could care less about them because they're one of eight kids that they've had out of wedlock. And so these kids just kind of wander around looking for anybody that they can look up to. And so Shannon's become that for these guys. And so, I mean, he just brings these guys along with him wherever he goes and, uh, you know, at one moment he'll be sitting down and he'll put his arm around him, you know, and, and just encourage him. And the next thing you know, he's confronting him because, you know, and he's like a dad. He really, he talks to these kids like, they're, like he's their dad. And, uh, you know, it was very, very encouraging just to see um, the lives that are being transformed uh, through this faithful couple, this faithful family. In fact, I told Shannon, I said, dude, you got to write th- these stories down. I mean, I just kept hearing one story after another story of these transformed lives. I mean, these people are in dire straits, and, and, and they get saved. Why? Because the Hurleys meet a practical need in their life, and then they come around more, and then they share the gospel, and, and these people get saved. Next thing you know, they're living in their house, you know, and they're discipling them, and then next thing you know, they're sending them off to seminary uh, to get trained. Uh, it's just amazing. In fact, what really got me thinking about this was, was this one guy, Gordon. I remembered him from the first time I was there, and I remember him being around the Hurley house, and I didn't know his story last time, or at least maybe I forgot it, but I just remember how downcast he was. Kind of, he looked angry, he looked bitter. And so now I saw him again this time, and he was there at the conference, and he was helping Shannon, he was serving, and he just had this different persona about him. He said, hey, tell me that guy's deal. And uh, he said, let me tell you his story. He said, he grew up in an Anglican home, and uh, he decided to convert to Islam, and his dad was so angry that he was converting from Anglicanism to 
to Islam that he burned down his, son, his own son's house with his daughter-in-law and grandchild in the house. He just killed him. And so this guy was left as a widower without his wife, without his child, and with this anger and bitterness in his heart towards his dad. And uh, he was very suicidal. Um, Shannon said when he was living at his house, he would just drink and sleep with prostitutes. That's pretty much what he did for months. And Shannon finally said, listen, you can't do that and live in our house. And they had to kick him out. And he came back, I guess, several weeks or months later, and he just came back one night, knocked on the door. He was completely drunk. And he said, Shannon, I'm just here to say goodbye. Shannon said, uh, no, you come in, and he put him to bed in one of his beds, woke up the next morning, shared the gospel again to him, and he repented, and he came to Christ. And, um, you know, has been growing ever since, dealing with the, working through that bitterness and the anger at his dad, and uh, vent, revenge is a huge part of the culture there. Uh, Shannon was telling me one guy accidentally uh, hit another guy with a tool, and, and he got some stitches in his hand, and he was so angry at this other guy that he came literally back to him with a machete and tried to cut his whole hand off. Um, that's just the way this pagan culture deals with stuff like that. So anyway, Gordon, I, I, after I heard Gordon's story, I just I said, man, I want to go hug that guy. You know, I didn't get weird about it, but I walked up to Gordon. I said, Gordon, man, Shannon just told me your testimony. That is so powerful. Thank you for, you know, just being a great testimony of how Christ can transform our life and for enduring the, the hardship that you've gone through. And, and I'll never forget, he just listened. And then when I was done, he said, I can't go back. And I just thought of that song, No Turning Back, right? No Turning Back. And, uh, and he's going for God now. And it was really, I said, Shannon, you got to write. I mean, that's just one chapter of, of a book that you got to write and tell us these stories because it would just really move our hearts. So number one, I was blessed. I was encouraged by the Hurleys and, and how God is using them to impact countless lives there. Um, number two, I was honestly just overwhelmed by the needs that are everywhere in that country. I mean, I already said this, that that um, it's just sensory overload. It's like, where's Waldo? You ever looked at that book, the Where's Waldo books, and you're looking through all the little pictures, and there's stuff going on all over the place, and you're looking for the little hat with the stripes on it, and that's like driving through Uganda. You're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. It's just like all this stuff that you've never seen before. And like, yeah, it's crazy. And, and uh, it's just a different, different, totally different culture, and, and it's just so sad. I mean, you just see these people who ultimately, you look past all the, the grunge and the grime and the dirt and the, you know, the paganism, and you see you know, these, you know, these people who need Jesus. And so I was just overwhelmed you know, by the needs and, and how in the world are these people going to get reached with the gospel and help just with their everyday lives. And, and so that led to me really thinking about... Um, you know, just being confused and perplexed and, and troubled by the inequity in our world and, and just the stark contrast between the luxury here in America and the poverty of a place like Uganda. And I'm literally, I'm just driving in the, I'm riding the taxi, looking out the window, trying to take all this in and going, God, what's up with this? I don't get this. Why, why is my master bathroom bigger than these people's houses? I don't get that. Why are, why, are, why are people on this planet, the same planet I'm living in, it's just the other side of it, I'm, I'm living in this, this beautiful home in a, in a very nice area, and these people are living in a mud hut with a thatched roof with no electricity, no running water. What's, up, what's wrong with this picture? How does this happen? Why, God, in your sovereignty, would you allow 
you know, some people's lives to be so easy and some people's lives to be so hard. I mean, if I want to drink a water, I go to the refrigerator, open it up and get a... They want to drink a water, they get their little yellow container, they strap it onto their bike, they go maybe a mile or two down the road and they wait in line, right, to get their water jug filled up for the week. And I'm like, I don't understand that, God. It's just, um, it's just difficult. And, and you know, at the same time, you just got to, part of the way you deal with it, you just got to laugh at it. Because it's just, it's just like, for example, I mean, the roads there, I mean, they have some paved roads, the main roads, but then the majority of the roads, though, are these dirt roads that go out, and you wouldn't think anybody lived out there. And all of a sudden, you're driving down these dirt roads, and all of a sudden, boom, you're right in the middle of this village. You're like, well, how do these guys get anywhere or go anywhere or do anything? And so, and these roads are horrific. I mean, they're the worst dirt roads. I've been on some of your, maybe roads out to your ranches with a little washboard problem, you know. I mean, these things are the worst roads I've ever seen. So we're driving back. I'm in the taxi. Shannon got me a taxi to get back to the airport early. Um, so I come back for Hannah's thing last night. And, and so I'm there by myself. And, and, and so the, the driver goes, hey, I know a shortcut. <laughs> he says, it'll cut an hour and 45 minutes off to the airport. And we were running a little, little behind. I said, I like the sound of that. I said, let's go for it. And he goes, okay. I mean, there's one time, I'm so glad he knew this, there was a pothole that if we had hit it, it would have just, the car would have just disintegrated. It was so big. I mean, if we went into that, we would have been like stuck in it. But anyway, so this guy got on this road and it was his goal to pass anything that got in front of him. And so whether that was run them off the road or we went off the road to get around them, and, and I'm just, you know, and, and there's kids, like, I'm talking like little kids, like toddlers walking, like, right on the edge of the road, and he just, goes right by him. There was literally some teenagers that were sitting there, and, and they actually saw him coming, and they jumped out of the way. <laughs> and I just looked over, and I said, does anybody get mad when you go by him this fast, so close? He goes, I'm not going fast. <laughs> and so you have a choice. You can sit there and be, like, freaking out and going, we're going to die, or you just sit there and go, okay, God, I'm glad you're sovereign. And apparently this guy's done this before. And, uh, and so, you know, it's just, it's just amazing just the, 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 the different culture, the way they think about things, the way they do things. And um, so, again, I was just really confused, perplexed, disturbed, troubled at trying to figure out God in the midst of all this. But, hey, his ways are higher than our ways, right? And uh, so we submit to that, and we'll figure that out someday in heaven. So... With that, along with that confusion, I was being convicted and confronted, as I always am in these kind of third world settings, uh, regarding the idols of my heart. I mean, I'm just dealing with this the entire time. From the moment I get there to the time I leave, I'm trying not to count down the, 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 cold, the cold showers I have to take and the times I have to do the squatty potty and the times I have to eat something. I'm like, okay, that's one less shower, that's two less squatty potties, that's only one more time I got to go to breakfast or something, you know. It's like I, I really fight against that, that stuff in my mind. So some of the idols, you know, that, again, an idol is something you find joy in, things that make you happy apart from God. And we don't know that. Here in America, until those things are taken away from you, you don't realize that you idolize those things, that you find joy. They make you happy, like, like comfort. You know, you don't realize in America how comfortable we really are. I mean, I had a hard time finding a soft surface anywhere to lay or sit in, in Uganda. Everything was these hard beds, hard mattresses, hard chairs, concrete here. I mean, just everything. I mean, by the end of the week, I was sore everywhere. Part of that was a soccer. 
okay, <laughs> running around playing soccer, but, but your feet get sore, your, your hips get sore laying in the bed because it's just not the comfortable mattress that we all have and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I realized how much I idolize, you know, comfort and uh, just something as simple as a warm shower. You know, we take for granted. Just you turn the faucet on and it get, you can turn to, to warm. They, there's no warm setting. It's you just turn the faucet on and what comes out is cold and that's what you, that's what you go with, right? Polar bear swim every morning. Kind of wakes you up, but um, I, I, I idolize convenience. Just convenience. Just to go over and flip on a switch for electricity. Just to walk a few feet to the bathroom to not have to worry about, okay, I've got to, I've got to strategically think about where I'm going to go to the bathroom, when I'm going to go to the bathroom, making sure I have toilet paper accessible to me. You know, you don't have to think about that stuff. Um, life is hard there. It's just hard. And, and, and I didn't like that. I like convenience. I like cleanliness. You know, after the Baja 500 ride to the airport, I got there and I felt like I had this layer of dust all over me. And plus with the humidity, you know, it was like they, I was just like, you know, a mud man or something. I just, I was like, man, get, where's the bathroom? I need to clean up. I don't like, I don't like to smell B.O., my B.O. or anybody else's B.O., you know, and that's just, that just like, whoa, what was that? Who was that? What is, is that me? <laughs> what is going on there, you know? I mean, that's just, I don't like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a clean freak, and I don't like trash all over the place, but everywhere you turn, there's trash. In fact, I just started throwing stuff around because there was no trash cans. It's like, I, I got this Q-tip. Where am I going to put it? There's no, there's no trash cans. I'm like, well, that's what they do. I'll just, I mean, what do you... I was trying, but they didn't give me a trash can to put anything in. So I like, a, I like to wear clean clothes, right? And so I was changing my clothes out as often as possible, and these guys just kept showing up in that same outfit, you know? And I was like, man, I, I'm an idolater, man, when it comes to cleanliness and sleep. I idolize sleep. You don't, you don't realize you do that until you can't get it, and you're laying awake you know, at two, three in the morning, and you're just watching, staring at the ceiling, and you're listening to the club down the road playing their crazy music till two, three in the morning, and, and you keep looking at your watch, just praying to God, God, please, I beg you, put me to sleep, you know, and you just can't go to sleep, and you're just tossing and turning, and you could get up, but there was nowhere to go, you know, or something to do, and so, you know, to idolize that, that sleep, and, and then just food, you know, how I mean, I, I don't know about you, I, just, I, I love cold stuff. I hate warm, lukewarm, anything. Uh, like, I don't think they have ice in Uganda. At least I didn't see an ice cube when I was there. But, you know, just something like a cold drink um, or to be able to have variety in what we eat instead of eating basically the same thing. Every, I'm not kidding. Every time I went, it, it looked exactly the same, same elements. And uh, we, we're so spoiled, you know. And, uh, and so I was just really confronted and convicted again, as always, with the idols of my heart, and saying, Lord, forgive me for finding so much joy and happiness in these earthly things that ultimately don't matter. And, uh, and, and so on top of that, so here, here these guys are, you know, dealing with all this stuff. And I'm, I was surprised and I was shocked. This is another thing. I was, I was surprised and I was shocked by how joyful these people are despite their circumstances. I mean, there's, I've never met more friendly, hospitable, gracious, happy, laughing, smiling people um, who jump and shout and love the Lord and love to sing and, and uh, they come in and they say, okay, let's sing and they're jumping up and down and I'm like, do you realize what you just ate? Why are you so happy? You know, do you, do you realize you're going to sit on this hard bench for the next hour listening to me? What makes you happy about that? You know, uh, do you realize you, you've been wearing that same pair of, you know, 
that same outfit for the last three days. What do, you, what do you got to be happy about, right? But they're happy in the Lord. That's the key. They're happy and their joy is in the Lord. And so they're, they're just content. They're content. And, and I was just thinking the deeper, or excuse me, the harder life is, the deeper your faith is, the greater your joy is. And I've started to wonder, am I the blessed one living in America or are they the blessed one living in Uganda, right? And so I was just so blessed and, and shocked and, and, and by that. And then the last thing I wrote down was I just was humbled that God would choose to use me to advance his kingdom and build and strengthen the church halfway around the world, even though I'm a knucklehead idolater, you know, and struggling the entire time being there and repenting in my heart and my mind, and yet God still is gracious to use me and, 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 and in spite of, you know, all the struggles and just the reception that the guys at the end, they were so grateful and they were so... Uh, you know, joyful, and they were coming up and shaking my hand and hugging me, and, and I wasn't expecting this, but I got, I got a $2,000 bill as a gift for preaching there. And Shannon said to me as I was leaving, he said, hey, somebody wants to give you something, and so he pulled this guy aside, and, and uh, he, he reached out his hand, and he shook my hand, and I could tell there was this wad, there was a wadded up piece of paper in his hand, and he kind of did this and I took it, and, and uh, he, he wanted just to let me know how much he appreciated me being there and the things I had taught him and how it really opened up his eyes to understand things that he'd never understood before about the church. And so uh, I thanked him and hugged him and said goodbye. I got in the car with Shannon, and I, just, I didn't even look. I just reached back, and I said, hey, Shannon, put this into SOS. And so he took it, and he opened it up. He said, Ken, you can keep this. This is 2,000 shillings. That's a dollar. It's a buck. And yet that was like a lot of money for that pastor, right? That was maybe his way home. That was his ticket home. Maybe a meal on his way back. Um, the widows might, right? And I know we all, if you've gone overseas, you always try to keep a few pieces of the currency, right? To, you know, for sentimental value, a few coins from Europe or euros or whatever. Well, this is more, this has got a little more sentimental value, right? This thing is a special remembrance of the, the brothers in Uganda, and uh, just their, their love for us, love for me, love for us as a church, their appreciation, their gratitude uh, for the investment that we've made um, in their lives and in the church in Uganda. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, I asked myself, why in the world do I go on these trips? You know, Billy was joking last week. I think he saw, you heard him say that his dad went to Uganda and came back. So that's a young man's trip. A young man, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take that. But I was thinking about that a lot, going, do I really want to come back here? You know, or do we want to send some younger guys, you know, <laughs> who, who might want to come? But, you know, bottom line is, why do you go? Because you love the church, you love God's kingdom, and, 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 and you want to see people around the world come to know Christ. And how are they going to, how are they going to come to know Christ? They're going to come to know Christ through the church, right? So you got to go and you got to invest your life in the church and just be a, play a small, very small part, right, in what the Lord is doing in that one country, to build the church, right? Jesus said, I will build my church. And uh, so we got a chance to, to be co-workers, fellow builders with God this last week as a church. So thank you so much for letting me go. Thanks so much for praying for me. And um, one of the uh, last things I want to say is this. Um, Shannon uh, asked me to make sure 
that everyone in our church, every family in our church, got a copy of a book that he's written, finally just was able to print it, called The Quest for Truth. And this is a booklet that he wrote originally um, designed to excuse me, disciple the people in his community there in Luero and kind of introduce them to Christ, introduce them to Christianity and the gospel, and just kind of walk them through um, the quest for truth, coming to know Christ in the midst of all this crazy religion that goes on there in, in, in Uganda. And so uh, he was able to publish this. In fact, there's some acknowledgments in the front of this book from several ladies in our church who were um, very influential and strategic, played a strategic role in this getting um, published. And so this is a special book for Lakeside, and he just wanted to make sure uh, that each of us as a family in our church had a copy of this uh, as his way of saying thank you for our investment in uh, his ministry there in Uganda. So uh, we have those available out in the foyer. Okay, there's a table out there. Just, again, take one per family. And again, if you can make a donation along with taking one of these, you don't need to, but if, if you, Lord lays that on your heart, I mean, he published these out of his ministry, and so if we can offset the cost of this, you know, maybe throw in $5, $10, write a check, whatever you want to do, um, it'll all go back to SOS Ministries and uh, to, to doing the stuff that I talked about uh, that we got a chance to do this last week. So anyway, make sure you get a copy of this, and yeah, use it. Maybe you can use this uh, for your own devotions. Maybe you can use this to disciple your children. Uh, maybe you can use this to disciple someone else in this church. Uh, it's a good, good tool, a good resource that Shannon wanted to make sure we had. So anyway, uh, let me pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, just the blessing and the privilege you've given us as a church to be invested halfway around the world in, in, in churches in Uganda. And Lord, uh, just thank you for just humbling me and convicting me um, and then even just using me in spite of me uh, this last uh, week or so. I just pray that you would give us many more opportunities, Lord, even this summer as, as, as we take a, Lord willing, take a short term trip back to Uganda, that uh, you would begin stirring up the hearts of people in our church who would want to go and uh, be a part of a week or two trip where we can come alongside the Hurleys in their community and share Christ and minister to the needs of the people there. And Lord, so just, just put together a really outstanding group of people from our church to serve uh, this next August. And so we will just trust you that you'll put that thing together in your way and your time. And the Lord, help us just to live our lives today, uh, Lord, without idolatry and that we would truly find our joy and our happiness in Christ and in Christ alone. We pray this in his name. Amen.